0: Welcome back to another episode of Am I Doing This Right? I'm Corinne Fox. And I'm Natalie McMillan. And we are best friends, confidants, millennials, and the hosts of Am I Doing This Right? A life how-to podcast from the perspective of non-experts.
1: And each week we cover a new topic and we drink a new bottle of wine. Yes,
0: we do, Nat. And today we're talking, honestly, one of our favorite subjects.
1: Therapy. Therapy. We love it.
0: We're talking how to go to therapy.
1: We talk about it probably every single episode, honestly.
0: Yeah, every episode ties back to, and then you should just go to therapy.
1: Yeah, (laughs)
0: pretty much. (laughs) But we have an expert on, we have psychotherapist Danielle Biertella with us today, and we're going to be talking with her about what is depth psychotherapy which Mm. is what she specializes
1: in. I've never heard of that. Me
0: neither. And I feel like I've done every single therapy available to the human
1: person. (laughs) Same. Very excited.
0: Um, We're also going to be talking with her about the signs and symptoms of trauma, the benefits of therapy, and how to start your therapy
1: journey if you've never been. But first, Nat... We have some housekeeping. Yes, if you guys have been listening for the past couple months, we've been doing a new uh, segment called Random Advice. So if you need advice on something, truly anything, anything, anything at all, uh, and you want it to be answered anonymously by the two of us. You can feel free to DM us at am I doing this right Pod on Instagram? Mm-hmm. or shoot us an email, Am I doing this right Pod at Gmail? dot com.
0: there's so many things that you could need advice for and so many we're here things. for you yeah we're your besties and we're pretty good at it i think we're really good yeah, at we're it we're pretty good at advice but first
1: okay Nat. i see this bottle of wine yes. what are we drinking this epi okay we're drinking the con creek 2020 sauvignon blanc from napa valley oh Nat just went to napa and we are home. stalked and ready to go oh Oh, 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 oh. Thank you. Yeah, I just got like 12 new bottles, so we're all good. I'm very excited about We're good over here, and I need this glass of wine because I just had a Oh, and so had a on the way <sighs>
0: here, let me get my perspective.
1: Yeah, yeah, you get your perspective.
0: On the way here, I'm driving, but Nat sends me some voice notes, so I listen to them while I'm driving, and there was there was a chaotic energy in the voice <laughs> notes. I was slightly concerned. Yeah. And that um, was popping off. I was on, fully popping off on a diabetes sales consultant. Yes, <laughs>
1: yes. Okay, so here's the deal. I've probably in my life snapped and screamed at three people. Two of which were my dad. I'm gonna
0: say all your dad. Probably. Two two
1: of which were my dad. One was a friend that was were no longer friends. Um, and poor Cameron. Poor Cameron from... The diabetes sales Yes, team. He, He's my... What is, what is... Where does he work? He works at Dexcom. <laughs> okay. And I... It was very unexpected of me because, again, it takes a lot to piss me off.
0: It does. Like, We're both Aries moons, but mine, I think, shines a little
1: more than yours. Yeah. I'm pretty calm. I'm pretty cool. I'm pretty collected. <laughs> not today. Not today. because Not I, today. Not I, with Cameron. Not with Cameron with a K. Um, Oh, (laughs) because I called to follow up on something that I've been following up with over and over and over and over again for like 10 days and they still fucked it up. Yeah. And so I completely came unglued on this poor kid. Or man, we don't know. Yeah. Cameron with a K. I did apologize to him several times. But when I tell you, I, sc- I even at the end, because he started going silent because he just didn't know what to say anymore. Oh. I said, are we clear? Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Oh, it was full blown. Wow. Like, not, I've never seen the sight of you. <sighs> Well, you got you got Maya. Uh, you got my voice notes. No, I got your voice notes and I was I was scared. I was like, okay. This man was afraid of me. So then I did give him the out. I said, if you're if you're scared of me now, you can email me instead of call me back.
0: You know they recorded your call and it's being used for training purposes. They should. <laughs> you know how they, they always should. say, it could be used your <laughs> yeah. call is definitely oh, being yeah. used. So, if you get a customer like this,
1: yeah. Did Cameron handle the situation well? Like once once he was called out? Um. No. Okay. Well, t- to be determined. Okay. Um. I'm not confident, mm-hmm. but if he does call me back, I will. Beca- now I will have a couple glasses of wine, and then I will, I will apologize again. Okay. Once I'm calmer, I'll be like, you know what. It's tough because it directly relates to your life. I told him your that. Your livelihood. I said, this is the thing, Cameron. I said, my life depends on these stupid fucking things. <laughs> so I'm going to need you. I mean, it was a full blown.
0: Natalie, I've never seen this
1: side. I know. And i never on a customer service. Like, never, ever, yeah. ever. Mm-hmm. I've never snapped on a waiter. Ne- never. Yeah. I'm a very nice, understanding, very patient person. You are. I can vouch for that. So this is very interesting. Well, but not today.
0: Hey, good thing we're talking about therapy. (laughs) I'm
1: going to have to book a session. I'm going to book a session. (laughs) Good thing we... uh, Do you want to talk about why we we chose this topic? Yes. Well, we are both very big fans of therapy. Huge fans. And it's one of the things that has bonded us very closely together honestly i feel like we share therapy tips all the time we're like hey so my therapist said
0: this it's great you could definitely
1: use this oh there's (laughs) a ton of things that your therapist has said that i'm like wow like like the betting the odds like all that (laughs) like oh i take all kinds of tips from her therapist we we go back and forth and it's definitely changed both of our lives we both suffer from a big time anxiety, debilitating, debilitating, and a little depression in there and some some fun little other, you like to sprinkle some other little mental health conditions, flavors. (laughs) And so um, we know also that a lot of people get afraid or like freaked out to, to start and to kind of open up that way. And it's stigmatized as much as it's kind of popular right now to try to make it de-stigmatized it still really is so yeah and
0: there are a lot of people are just have never done it before and it could be a little intimidating so I'm Mm -hmm. really excited to talk to Danielle um if you guys don't know Danielle she is a psychotherapist who specializes in depth in a depth approach to personal and creative growth which I've I've never Never heard heard of I'm very excited to talk to her about Danielle runs a psychotherapy practice called the Intuitive Voice, and she is passionate about guiding and supporting people on their paths towards healing, consciousness, integration, expression, and truth. Weaving the expressive arts, imaginal psychology, somatic awareness, self-inquiry, and mindfulness practices, Danielle helps people connect to their intuitive voice so they can live more from a whole embodied and authentic place. She's also the founder of the Fertile Spirit, which is a holistic fertility support center and she works at an intensive outpatient clinic for mental health substance abuse disorder and uh, dual diagnosis. So wow. she does it all. She
1: really does it all. Yes. And you know what? She used to be a jewelry designer too. She did. So she's got. She's like a Jill of all trades. We also
0: know Danielle personally. <laughs> we
1: do know her personally. She is
0: also the sister of one of our best friends, Taylor. Yeah. So so, but hey, still an expert. She's still an expert. So let's bring on Danielle.
2: Hello, Danielle. Danielle. Hi. So good to see you guys. I know. You it's too. so good to see you. We
0: Actually, Danielle and I just did an Instagram live together for her other uh, business venture, which is the Fertile Spirit um, and Dr. Sutchkin from the Endometriosis Foundation of America. And it went so well.
2: Yeah, it was so great. And I feel like I learned you know, we work with a lot of people at the Fertile Spirit with, you know, different kinds of fertility challenges, including endometriosis. But talking with him, he's obviously such an expert. So it was really educational for me, too. And so nice to be a part of it.
0: So yeah. And and you're I mean, you're an expert as well. And you were giving the holistic therapeutic perspective to um, what we were talking about. But for today, we're going to talk about, you know, therapy you're a psychotherapist um, and this is a how to podcast and we want to destigmatize therapy here so we, i was curious if you could tell us about your journey to becoming a psychotherapist and also your relationship with therapy when you were a kid was it normalized in your childhood or was it something that you had to learn how to do <laughs> yeah
2: yeah so huh where to begin um i let's see, I became a psychotherapist after contemplating it for many, many years. I'm also, my background is as like an artist, creative person, and I had this story going that if I started practicing therapy, I wouldn't be an artist anymore, which I realized Mm -hmm. is like like kind of the farthest thing from the truth and that as the more and more kind of of this holistic psychological work you do, the more you become a whole version of yourself. Mm -hmm. So if anything, I feel like more connected. but I I was really thinking about, you know, wanting to create stability and wanting to do something I really, really believed in, something that's both intuitive and intellectual and creative and, like, really helps other human beings. And, you know, we all have these, like, windy, rocky roads, and I certainly had my version of that, so it just felt like this really beautiful way to integrate so many things and then to hold space for other people, so kind of finally decided to do it and went to like a wonderful program that was just like very creative and um, yeah. And I could talk more about that, but, but that was kind of what I did. Um, And then my experience with therapy, let's see, my parents got divorced when I was like five and a half and they sent me and my brother to a therapist or to individual therapists. And I, hated her I hated my therapist she would try to do like play therapy with me and I was like I know what you're trying to do like so I just had this like very negative experience because I think I was I just you know I didn't connect with her and I think I was angry at the time and I I think it's like the relationship in therapy is so important
0: yeah yeah so
2: yeah um and then and then when I was in my late late teens I went to a therapist and had like another like not great experience and so that kind of turned me off for years and it's like I didn't really really commit to like continued therapy until I was in my early 30s um but so I just yeah I want to say again for anyone like listening to to some extent to really listen to your gut if something feels like a fit but also maybe there's something for you to learn in the relationship so both things can be true.
0: But, yeah. yeah, I've had the same therapist since I was 14. Um, and so I really lucked out because I started therapy. I connected with the woman and I still use her or work with her today. But I do know that a lot of people will try one therapist, think, you know, not have a positive relation or experience with them and then be like, OK, well, that I'm turned off to all therapy now, which I do encourage people. You know, there is trial and error and there is you know, a little bit of dating with a therapist to find, you know, the right right fit for you.
1: Yeah. Or like in another. So for me, I've kind of jumped between therapists and not because of like the not connecting aspect, but sort of more like, I don't know, sometimes I feel like I've outgrown different phases. Yeah. Or like I need a specialist in a certain area that can help me, you know. So I think that just kind of. You know, it's never like one person is perfect for everything, um, sure. you know. And and to just kind of shop around and not give up on it because it is so worth it. Yeah.
2: Um, yeah. But my question I, is,
1: yeah. Oh, oh, I was just gonna wonder. I'm wondering what is, in your opinion, the biggest misconception about therapy? Hmm.
2: Well, I think that that's probably pretty dependent on like your, the culture, the cultural background you're coming from. And like, if there's a stigma around it, you know, I think they can kind of, I think, I guess what's coming to me right now is this idea that if you're going to therapy, something must be really wrong with you. Yeah. And- hmm and I think that sometimes that gets projected onto, like, let's say someone's thinking about going to therapy and in their family system, maybe the parents are from another generation or another culture and there's this like, whoa, something must be really, really wrong. So that's one thing that I think can happen, you know? Um, and that by like committing to going or to exploring it, you're somehow acknowledging that, that there's, that there's a problem, Mm -hmm, um, which, which sometimes is part of it. Like, it's like, wow, I'm really coming to terms with the fact that I need to address this. But I think what's so beautiful about therapy or certain orientations to therapy is that it's like, it's really an invitation to be curious about what's going on, right? Rather than like, there's something wrong with me. It's like, something doesn't feel right. I keep getting stuck or whatever, like what? what can I learn? Like what's going on? And it becomes this kind of lifelong journey or exploration rather than like, you know, I'm flawed. Um, You're right. So it's help. like,
0: it's not just going in to fix something wrong with you, but it is like, let me explore more of me that I'm not looking at. And I think that's why I've been in therapy for so long because you keep yeah. changing and I'm like well I gotta learn this new part of me I gotta explore this new part of me
1: yeah
0: what, what I'm curious is that you actually specialize in something that I never heard of which is depth psychotherapy yeah I've never heard yeah. of this I'm so curious and I'm yeah I'm curious for and for us and then also for our listeners who might not know what is depth psychotherapy yeah so
2: um yeah so depth psychotherapy is you know, we we won't get too much into the history of, like, you know, like, the the field of psychology, but, yeah. like, many people will think of, like, there was Freud, and then there was Carl Jung, who came, he was kind of a contemporary of Freud, and kind of came, like, right, he was a little younger, he was, like, right after Freud, and basically, he took a lot of these Freudian ideas, and then kept evolving them, and so kind of was, he's, like, the, he's known as the father of, of depth psychology, D-E-P-T-H, And um, it's really about being, it's really about having like a reverence and like a curiosity again for the unconscious and for psyche and for how that kind of plays in our lives. I would say it doesn't require that you necessarily believe in God, so to speak, Mm. but that there's this unknown that holds so much wisdom and can also feel like the dark part of life or parts of us, but that actually is just incredibly rich. And so it's like an orientation, not just to the therapy, but to being a person that like invites this, it's almost like putting on these like other lenses or glasses where like you start to see the world through, um, through this sense of something else, this sense of the unknown. And sometimes that can show up through dreams, or sometimes that can show up through uh, symbols and images. And so sometimes, in the way that will work, um, I could give like a quick example. Yeah, with I love. think I yeah. think that would
0: be. I mean, this sounds so awesome. It sounds like something Natalie would I know, really I like. Can I sign up with
2: you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So like, um, I was, this is totally anonymous. So it's okay. So I was working with a, cl- a client once, a younger woman who was, she had had a history, it'll like make me emotional talking about it, but she had had a history of being in like very abusive relationships. And we were sitting there and she was sharing and she starts talking about her boyfriend coming over and that he was, you know, violent or he, she was really f- fearful that he would be. And she just didn't know kind of what, to do and that she kept finding herself in this situation. And so we're sitting there and she's kind of recounting the story and for some reason because I'm very open to kind of how images appear cuz psyche speaks in images. That's why dreams are like so image, you know, image-based. Um I was I had this image of like this beautiful princess in like a tall tower at the top of the tower and like this white tower with these like roses, this like rose garden all around her and then like a moat around that and i i didn't say anything to her i was just kind of like i don't always think like this but Mm -hmm. just as this image that came up so strong and i was like oh you know because she would be protected there and she's like within five minutes she's like talking talking about the story and she goes oh you know sometimes i just wish i had a drawbridge and i could just pull up the drawbridge wow wow same and it was like whoa it's like that You know, we're both kind of like holding this thing. And it was like just in that moment of having that kind of visual, there was this like way that she was able to see the whole situation so much more clearly for herself and how she wanted to create safety for herself. So that's like one example of how it can work it can work in different ways too. And I still do, let's say cognitive behavioral therapy or family systems or like all these different ways of working too. But there's like almost like underlying, it's like, there's you, there's me. And then there's this unconscious thing that's kind of happening that mm-hmm. has this wisdom that can help guide us
1: so fast
2: yeah and it's a
0: different way of, of processing i mean um for people who don't know cbt it's like traditional like um talk therapy where you just kind of talk through situations and you know rationalize things but this is a different way of processing through like you're saying like the unsaid stuff yeah and maybe she needed that perspective to see oh this is what i'm feeling and this is a solution and whatever that drawbridge is which is deleting his phone number yeah. whatever you know whatever yeah, that yeah. actually the application of what that drawbridge is yeah um yeah it's such a it's funny because I feel like we naturally gravitate towards that but I've never really known that was like a actual a practice thing. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. yeah yeah and as you were speaking I was thinking about how like I think our generation especially is really trying to like understand and work through trauma um and so I'm wondering for for somebody who's listening that may not really know what trauma could entail, what are some of the like signs and symptoms that, um, you may have experienced a traumatic event or have gone through some sort of trauma, big or small, you know?
2: Yeah. big topic. And so thankfully becoming such a kind of voiced thing in our, in our world, um, so there's different kinds of trauma we say that there's big t trauma and little t trauma so big t trauma is like an event so that could be like uh, a car accident or uh, a rape or someone in the family suddenly gets a terminal disease and dies right that's Mm -hmm. like big trauma and then there's little trauma little t trauma which is like repeated things that could happen so like bullying could be like a repeated trauma that like every day I go into school and I keep feeling this is happening, happening over and over. And that they've researched and they found that both of these things can have almost the same effect on the nervous system. So what happens is whether it's a big T trauma or lots of little T traumas, um, the the body and the nervous system gets dysregulated. So we kind of, there's the state of Uh, rest and digest, which is like parasympathetic nervous system state. And then there's the state of fight, flight, or freeze, which is when you're in sympathetic. So when we're in a trauma response state, we're in fight, flight, or freeze. What happens is sometimes with like PTSD or complex PTSD, we get stuck in fight, flight, or freeze. So we might be in it all the time. We might not even be replaying the actual trauma, but we might just be feeling it. So let's say you're bullied for years and years and years. And then, you know, 15 years later, you're just like walking through the mall, but you're kind of your whole body is tense because you might feel like, uh, you could be threatened or you're being threatened, or you could be a victim of something in some way, even though you're safe, you're okay now, but it's still living in your nervous system. Um, yeah. So much to say about trauma. No, I know. And um, it's
0: and I'm I I'm you know, I'm an advocate for NAMI, the National Alliance of Mental Illness, and I'm so happy that people are talking about trauma. I do think it's our generation now that is taking the responsibility of processing our processing our trauma so that we don't pass it on. Yeah. And I'm curious how you work with your clients to help them process trauma. Like what are some of the um, you know, exercises or techniques that you use Um, for them to, you know, move forward and, like, live full lives?
2: Yeah. Um, So one of my favorite things is called somatic experience or somatic experiencing, Mm -hmm. um, which uh, is a way of working with trauma and helping to regulate the nervous system. And it's very um, uh, body-based, so somatic. uh, That's why it's called somatic experience. So a lot of it is actually... It's hard to explain it in words, but it's a lot of it is kind of slowing down and really checking in with the body, so that the body can start to feel safe enough to move into rest and digest and so we might scan the body and notice, okay, there's like a lot of tightness and tension in the chest. And we we might actually, instead of avoiding that feeling, we might stay with that feeling with the therapist so that you're kind of like slowly working through it. And as you stay with that feeling, it might be that memories or things kind of come up, but we kind of stay with it. And then it starts to shift or move. It's very hard to exactly give this words um, where we go, oh, okay, I can actually, I can actually be with this or the, the memory could be processed. So that's like one, one pathway that's um, body-based. Um, there's also something called internal family systems, which I won't get into explaining it too much, but it's to start to realize that there are multiple parts of us. So it's like, you think you're Corinne, you think you're Natalie, I think I'm Danielle. And like, that's true, but there's also within us all these different parts of us. So there might be like the inner child Danielle who's mm. like really little experience something there might be the protector Danielle who goes on hyper drive to you know come to the rescue when there's a situation maybe maybe more than necessary there might be the manager so there's all these different parts and another way of working with trauma is to start to kind of break down and identify like what part of me is activated right now and how can the different parts of me work together to bring me back into balance
1: yeah yeah I love that you mentioned somatic experiencing because actually because of you. Yeah, we both we yeah. Uh... We both well yeah, and oh. um I went and did it uh several years ago and it truly changed my whole life. I didn't realize how much like was stored in my my body from a lot of traumatic things that have happened to me and it changed everything. And it's true you you don't really know how to to just describe it yeah. without being there, but um it really is an amazing tool and so I hope people listening to this can maybe look into it
0: yeah I, I would say and correct me if I'm wrong Danielle but I would say it's similar to meditation in the fact that when you get quiet and you get still you notice everything that's there and you're like wait I didn't know this sensation was here and th- like I because you're on you're going through your day and you're just everyone's trying to survive mm-hmm. but i feel like when you actually cuz you kind of lay down to do it when you lay down and you're like and i'm sure there's a lot more going on in, on this, the therapist's end you're like oh wait if i'm not if i stop running from this and i actually sit with it like you know i can actually process it and i can it actually subsides
1: a little bit yeah um usually after um about 45 minutes of hysterical of crying. crying of crying yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of crying
2: Yeah, yeah. And I think that speaks to this other thing in therapy, whether it's somatic experience or other kinds of therapy, is that sometimes, and we have to say this to clients, sometimes it can feel worse before it feels better because we have been running from it for so long that when we start to slow down and notice what's coming up, it's like we don't have that defense mechanism that we've been relying on or that addiction or that behavior or that habit to kind of keep us from ourselves. So that's why doing stuff with a therapist who can kind of like, there's like a holding thing that happens. It's like, you're not, you're, you have a companion to an extent yeah. on the, on the path. Yeah. I think that's a big reason that what you just said that
0: a lot of people start and stop therapy because, it's, and it's, it's tough because to get to that other side, you have to go through you know, the ugly parts and the scary parts. And it does get worse before it gets better. And mm-hmm. that's something my therapist tells me all the time. Like we have a great session. I'm like, oh my God. Okay. We had so many breakthroughs. And she goes, okay, by the way, you know, you're not going to feel good <laughs> ne- this week. So don't panic because you, we just brought up a lot of stuff yeah. and it, it is true. You feel sometimes completely shitty the whole week because you've brought up all this stuff, but it's because you're actually looking at it. And then now when you've, on the other side of it now it doesn't affect you anymore or it doesn't live in your body anymore and yeah. so i do think that deters a lot of people because they get scared but that's the
1: point where you have to keep pushing keep you going. know you gotta like
0: get through that that little
1: yeah you My know, ugliness my therapist gave me a really good analogy one time she said it's sort of like if you have like an infected wound You have to cut it open first for it to heal, like to let all the gross stuff come out. And I thought that was a really good way of of thinking about it, you know? Um
2: Well I just wanna say one thing quickly, it's like when we're working with trauma, it's very important that we always remember we can slow down. So mm -hmm. yes, it might feel worse before it feels better, which isn't always the case. No, yeah. But if it is feeling overwhelming or whatever, like we can actually just slow down. Doesn't mean stop just means sometimes i say okay if it feels like you're going 75 miles an hour what does it feel like to go like 50 miles an hour Mm, so it's like the whole nervous system gets to kind of go oh there's a little more space so i just want to mention that because i think that's important in particular Yeah.
1: yeah So we just did an episode on navigating adult relationships with your parents, and I know a lot of people also might look into therapy to kind of work through some things from their childhood or relationships that they have with their parents now. How can we go through therapy to sort of make up, make our relationship, relationships with our families more harmonious, whether that be on our own or in a group setting?
2: Yeah. I mean, I guess it's probably pretty dependent on the situation. I think that um, when you say, do you mean like individual therapy or in a group with like like other people, but not with your family? No, with not your family, family. family. With your
1: family. But with your family. Yeah. Like, is that yeah. a good
2: idea or? Well, um, I mean, as lo- we say with like family therapy, that as long as there's no active physical violence or like violence um that we would recommend family therapy i think there's like this thing of kind of coming to terms with um where the family members are and like what the limitations might be so for a lot of people the family's not willing to go to therapy yeah. and in case like you're just processing a lot of that on your own and kind of coming into awareness. And like, it might be liberating at times, it might bring up a lot of grief at times, and there might be a a phase of really having to go through that so that you can come to a place of acceptance of like, this is what it, this is what it is, you know, like this is where they are. And then really kind of getting clear on what your own boundaries are to take care of yourself within that. I think if people are willing to do family therapy, it is like the most beautiful wonderful thing it's just are the family members on board you yeah. Know? yeah yeah
0: and it's like you can heal or at least get some tools on how to um, relate to your family members even if they don't come like you mm-hmm. can still gain so much and make that relationship more harmonious but yeah it is it is tough to get especially the older generations um you know they have they've experience so much stigma about therapy that it's hard, you know, harder sometimes to get them, them in, Mm -hmm. but we do learn so much through family, through society. And I'm curious what beliefs you feel like as adults, or, you know, we go into therapy that we sometimes have to unlearn, like, Mm -hmm. you know, body image stuff, you know, things like that, where you get older and you're like, okay, this doesn't serve me anymore
2: yeah I mean gosh the body image thing that's like <laughs> especially I mean I don't want to be gendered about it but I've just seen I, it affects everyone it affects all genders but I've certainly seen how it affects a lot of women um and yeah that's huge um I think maybe also ideas about success like what mm. success actually means yep yeah like what how are we defining that for ourselves and like I, Are we just so many, so much of this is we're just inheriting ideas from culture or from family instead of really kind of choosing for ourselves. So that's like another, another really big one. I mean, definitely things about relationship and how we find ourselves in relationship to other people and like, um, what it means to be in a healthy relationship because we all have really different ideas about that and it can create a lot of conflict. Um, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think another thing that therapy is so good for is, like, life transitions and and big changes in your life. Um, what are some of those transitions that you think therapy can be really helpful with? And which ones do you think might be the most difficult to navigate that you would recommend, like, definitely work with a therapist on this?
2: <laughs> yeah, so these are great questions you guys. I'm very impressed. Um <laughs> So like definitely uh let's say like for family going through loss grief death things like that big divorce mm-hmm. um um I would say phase of life in terms of like transitioning from high school to college transitioning from if you went to college like college to the workforce yep. that's yeah. huge, mm-hmm. and a lot of people can get stuck at that place because they get out of college and they're like okay and then there's no like system anymore there's no like we've talked about that yeah Yeah.
0: you're in like you've been in a system since kindergarten and now you're like what i'm I'm on my own Floating.
2: yeah um new parents that's really big um also midlife I think there's like another phase where people kind of get to a place like okay I had the family and I had the career and you know it's all kind of going but now what is there and that's where again like this whole depth psychology thing can be really beautiful because people start to discover all these other things that maybe weren't on the checklist but are actually these like beautiful aspects of being a person um so that can be there can be like a real disillusionment that happens around that midlife like in the 40s Um, or for some people in the 50s and then of course like moving into like later phases of life when you're really contemplating the reality of your mortality is definitely
0: yeah yeah I've really used therapy when I like moved to New York when I graduated college and moving to like a new place and I needed you know support system and things like that and i feel like it's so important as you like you know get older and that's why we were saying you know therapy is this continued journey because it's like thing you know you change life changes and like you have skills before that now you need new skills and it's and it doesn't have to be a bad thing no like
1: moving like when i first moved to la i was in so much therapy like even (laughs) if it's a good thing if it's still a change i think it's still so so helpful
0: and also, Danielle, what I think is so great about you is that you incorporate creativity and art into your practice. And I'm curious how we can use art to explore our feelings and heal through hurt, even if like I'm personally don't consider myself like like a painter or like an artist in that, in that way. I'm an actor.
2: Incorporating, so incorporating um, creativity or art into therapy. So just to be clear, I don't necessarily do that with all of my clients, but I have certainly have some clients and some groups that I lead where that's like a really big kind of uh, way in or a way that we work. So expressive arts therapy is kind of moving through all the different modalities of expression. So it could be like movement, it could be making music, it could be drawing, it could be writing. Um, And uh, again, like we come, well, One is like giving voice to the parts of us that might be unvoiced. And sometimes that can show up, um, you know, things can show up that, you know, through, let's say a movement practice, or I do this kind of pen to paper writing thing, where we just put the pen down, there's a writing prompt, you don't pick the pen up, you just keep it moving, you keep it moving, you keep it moving, and you just see what comes up. And people are like blown away by what emerges when they aren't, they're, they're like, kind of critical mind isn't stopping them so um again you know it's partially the unconscious that's at play and I I wanted to mention that like I don't know the exact statistic I don't know if we technically know it but the conscious mind is only like five to ten percent of our brains it's like the unconscious is huge so it has this this knowledge of things and sometimes that can show up so Let's say someone's making a painting, and I say, "Okay, let's make a let's make a drawing of um, a house, and each room in the house represents a different family member. And just think about like what color you would make each room, and and maybe you use the the paintbrush in different with different textures. To and are there any symbols or are there any objects that come up? And then so we then take the painting and we look at it and like, whoa, you know, <laughs> like my uh, brother's room is bright red. And, uh, you know, and there's a whole piece there that we might not have otherwise brought to light. But then we kind of see it through this lens of of whatever the creative expression is. And it's like, huh, that's, that's really resonant. That's really relevant. There's something in this that I need to explore.
1: Wow. I don't know if that's
2: too abstract, but that's kind of
1: Wow. I, this, I, I'm i like sitting here like, are you thinking about your house? Looked like? yes, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You mentioned, yeah. um, just now that you also do group therapy, which, so that would be like without, you know, people, you know, I assume. Right. Or what kind of, what is group therapy and, and how would it be beneficial for some, some people?
2: Yeah. So group therapy is typically done, uh, with people who aren't like friends outside of therapy, um, it's usually like anywhere, I mean, it can vary, but it's anywhere between, let's say like four and eight people and you're meeting regularly weekly, like you would with a reg- you know, with individual therapy and there's different kinds of group therapy. So sometimes there can be like a theme or a focus, like it's a group about grief or loss or it's an art therapy group. Um, but often like the kind of fundamental is like, what is it like to sit? with a group of people and to really be present for their vulnerability, their truth, whatever's coming up, and then checking in with what does this bring up in me, good, bad, or ugly, and what is it like to notice what is mine, what is theirs, where wires are getting crossed, where I'm projecting stuff, where I'm taking things personally and to actually express it in real time with other people and see so we learn so much about ourselves in relationship you know there's so you know i think especially in this culture in this country it's very individual focused i mean that's just we that's what we are but you know we've evolved as human beings in community we we evolved as a species in tribes like in groups and so we also we come to understand ourselves in relation to other people and we also heal in community that there's an immense potential for healing in group process and finding safety again where we may have lost it because we've been so isolated yeah. from others. So there's like a ton of there's a ton of potential in group therapy and I I love leading groups. I've led hundreds of groups even during COVID in the last year and it's just been like incredible to see people finding parts of themselves with others as a witness to hold it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's so, I've tried so many different therapies and I've never done group and like yeah. the way you just described it. I'm like, I would love that and to hold space for other people too. But then it was so curious because it's like, you're not just listening to them. You're also, you're saying like, how, what is there? what are they saying? That is tr- like, I'm reactionary towards like, where is this? You get to explore different parts of yourself that maybe you didn't think you were going in there to explore. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah. You, you, you it's pretty cool. Yeah. So Danielle, um, this has been so awesome. Um, and I just wanted to, to ask for, you know, for someone who's listening right now, who's never been to therapy, but they're interested in starting, um, how would you encourage them to start and where should they begin their search for a therapist? Obviously you are one, and we're going to link to all of your, um, you know, how they can find you. But I think a lot of people get stuck there. They're like, I don't even know where, where to go. or start? Where do I start? Yeah.
2: Yeah. um, So I think, you know, first, of course, if there are friends or family who you trust, um, you know, and you respect, you know, their opinion on these things, you could definitely, of course, start there. Um, If you're in school, asking a guidance counselor, um, seeing what resources they have and like finding out what that network is, it's great. Another option, um, again, this depends really on what people's like financial needs or constraints are. But you could always, if you have health insurance, you can see who um, who's a therapist within your health insurance. And I will say that there, um, a lot of therapists, at least in California, don't take health insurance, um, which is unfortunate. Um, an unfortunate reality of the system but um another great resource for finding therapists is psychology today which is a website psychologytoday.com you can like search your area by your zip code in any state and then you can also put in like maybe certain like a specialization or phase of life you're going through or kind of therapy that you're looking for and it will like filter therapists down and i really really recommend that like you get a list of like three to five and you have conversations with them and really check in with your gut, like with your body, like when you're talking to them to kind of see how you feel, if it sparks something, Um, if it sparks curiosity, if it sparks a feeling of safety, if it sparks a potential, whatever, like just notice that and really trust your gut. Um, And it's really good to have these little, a lot of people will do like a free consult. So I, I recommend having a conversation with someone. Um, yeah,
1: those would be my recommendations. I think. Yeah, yeah. We love psychology today. I yeah. always, I give that to my friends all the time. Yeah, I know. It's <laughs>
0: such a great resource. Well, Danielle, this has been such a informative conversation. I feel like this was the kind of therapy for me. I know. I'm like, You're so calming. <laughs> and we're going to link for our listeners to your practice, which is the intuitive, intuitive voice. Um, and we'll link to it and put it in our show notes so that they can find you. They connect with you if they, um, you know, want to start working with you.
2: Yeah, great. Okay, thanks, you guys. Thank this you so, so much. This is so
1: awesome.
2: For about all this, and um, thank you for what you're doing and spreading all the the knowledge to all these people with this and all your other guests and stuff. So I appreciate oh, it. Thank you Aww, so thank much. You. We love
0: you, and have a great rest of your day. Thanks,
2: guys. Enjoy your water and your wine. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we will. Thank you. Okay. All right,
2: See Bye. Bye. Yeah, that was great. Well, we hope you guys
0: learn more about Danielle's practice, the many types of therapy available, and feel inspired to talk to a mental health professional if you need help. Also, if you want to learn more about Danielle's practice, you can visit com, which is linked in those motherfucking show notes. Republican show notes. Uh, I love so much. <laughs> I really do. Uh, but now, let's circle back on the wine. What are we drinking again? What it is, is it the
1: Concrete Sauvignon Blanc. It's 2020. And we're reading to our what tea of the week,
0: which is Halle Berry, Miss Halle Berry. And the reason it's Halle Berry is because she said that she's been in therapy since she was 10 years old. Love that for her. And I, I have very few people who have me be at 13, 14. Yeah. And she said um, once that her father was an alcoholic and very abusive, and her mother knew the value of providing her with an outlet of an unbiased person to talk to, so she's
1: been doing it basically her whole life, when times get stressful, and it really helps her. Go Halle Berry's mom. I know. Also, to circle back from the top of the show, Halle Berry is a diabetic. She is? Yes, she is. I never knew that. Yeah, I know. Why have you never told me that? I don't know. There's only a couple type ones that are like... I thought it was just Nick J. Nick J and Halle Berry. Wow.
0: did not know that. Well, Mm -hmm. okay. One to Halle Berry.
1: What are we rating this con... Con Creek. I really like it. I I really don't have any complaints. Okay. What do you think? I don't love it. (sighs) But do you like it? Or is it like a, I don't like it? I don't know. Is it my favorite of all time? No. But I don't mind it. Okay. I like it. I'm gonna hit it with an eight.
0: I'm gonna hit it with a five.
1: Oh shit. What's the math on Why'd that? Why'd I do that? Can you do a six? I'll do a six.
0: So it's seven. Just so we can make it a seven. A seven. You
1: know I can't do the math that fast. No,
0: it's a seven. <laughs> a seven out of Halle Berry for the Con
1: Con Creek twenty twenty Sauvignon Blanc from Good old Valley.
0: Alright, this is the time of the episode, we play a little wrap-up game, and today we're playing over, under,
1: under, Not as very underrated. upset by mine, I know, I'm like, what could this be, as long as it's like not grapes, no, or it's, like... it's a personal, it's almost a personal back. oh my god, it's like almost there, okay, uh, you go first, oh uh, you guess. want me to go first, okay, I guess, jeez,
0: so for my, it's TV show edition,
1: oh, I already know what you're gonna say,
0: They no, don't, oh, then I blah. think I do. I think Friends is overrated. I know you're going to say that. I think it's overrated and I think underrated is another show about friendship which is Broad City. Broad well, City
1: is underrated.
0: It is like it should have won an Emmy. It was like one of the Ilana great is so funny. It was one of the great comedies of our generation yeah. and like I really just feel like it never got the proper celebration that it deserved. I agree. And then Friends. Here's my thing with Friends. Mm-hmm. I watched it as a kid, grew up with it. I think I watched the final episode and I cried. Oh, yeah. I don't know why people are talking about it
1: now still. You know what? For me personally, and I don't know if this is for everyone, I doubt it. Um, it's like my comfort show. So like, you know, when you have anxiety and you just watch the same show over and over and over again because you know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I think that's why I just keep, I always just turn it on if I'm like anxious. So it's everyone's coping mechanism. I think it's my own coping mechanism. And I. I laugh every every time. Like I know the jokes, and I still laugh. Really? Yeah. Maybe I should rewatch
0: it. But per- my personal opinion is that it's overrated today. Like why it
1: came out, it ended 20 years ago, yes. 15 years ago, 10 years yes. ago,
0: something
1: like that. I, hey, I don't think that that's too crazy. Okay. I think people think that. Okay. What's um, your over under? My over under. So you know Halloween's coming up, mm-hmm. so I'm gonna do Halloween candy. Theme. Okay. Um, overrated pink starburst what? I know I I love a pink starburst but I I feel like pink Starburst has become like a culture like it's like a you're <laughs> my pink starburst like it's like a personality thing and I I don't understand that. Oh you know? I love a pink starburst I mean no. pink they're good but are they like that good? right right right. And right. then what I think is is underrated and I'm sure you will disagree, but I just personally think that they're underrated is Tootsie rolls? I think tootsie rolls. I'm just yeah, I'm not like. Yeah. I'm just listen. They're not for everyone, okay? But I like a tootsie because also you don't get a tootsie roll at any other point. Like when you're not going to go buy a tootsie roll. Tootsie roll. It's specific to how I feel like for me, a tootsie roll
0: is appropriately regarded. Like I don't think it's
1: underrated. I, just I think, think people like like them. They're so weird and like, what is it? I don't know. It's not chocolate. It's like a weird chocolatey mess, but I just. It's not, but it's like, is it chocolate or is it caramel? What... Oh, it's definitely not caramel. The one thing that I will not stand for is those weird flavored ones. I've never Missed had me that. me with that bullshit. But I like the little Tootsie Rolls. <laughs> I like the longer ones. I like the little chunky ones. Can we agree that the greatest of all time is Reese's? No. So you're just going to say
0: Snicker? Uh, I like a Snickers better. What's your greatest Halloween candy of all time?
1: all time halloween candy um, if i
0: only got a handful of reese's that would be
1: i've be never fine. been a reese's person i think because they make me thirsty what because oh. the like the peanut butter oh i'm also not like a huge peanut butter person okay but i guess i would maybe say snickers i don't know just remember you see- or m ms what i like a classic m M&M. m
0: okay the podcast has to end immediately <laughs> It's over. See? It's yeah, Sebastian over. agrees. What? That's insane. Listen, hey. He's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> different
1: strokes <scrubs laughs> for different folks.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for listening to this week's episode. Um, if you like it, if you have a friend that you think should-, should- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah.
1: If you have a friend that you should go to therapy. <laughs> we all have one of those, though. Hey, why not? Uh, feel free to share, send yeah, it to them. Share it with them. It's a subtle, like, oh, I really thought this was interesting
0: also rate and review the podcast if you like this episode and we'll be back next week with another episode love you i love you